It's time now for Money Matters with the Lewis family. Doug, Linda, and Deborah, owners of Lewis Financial Management, a Raleigh-based family-owned financial planning firm providing financial advice since 1983. Doug and Deborah are certified financial planners, CFPs, who can answer any of your questions about investments, retirement planning, and estate planning. Call Doug, Linda, and Deborah at their office, 919-872-7000, with your financial planning questions. That's 919 919- Now, here are Doug, Linda, and Deborah. Investments offered through SFA Inc. Investment advice through Lewis Financial Management. SFA Inc. and Lewis Financial Management are not related entities. And we are the Lewis family, ready to answer your questions tonight. This is Linda Lewis, and thank you for joining us on Money Matters on News Radio 680 WPTF. And I'm Doug Lewis, Certified Financial Planner. And I'm Deborah Lewis, Certified Financial Planner. And we're here to answer your questions for the next hour. Financial planning involves so many facets and um, aspects of one's personal world. And a lot of folks think, well, it has to do with my investments. But not only, because that's not all you're about. People every day, and so many of our wonderful listeners, and diligent, (laughs) just diligent, steady, working every year, saving, accumulating, and then, you know, you you get to a stage in your life, whether it's, I lost my job, or uh, the company's downsizing, and I've got to make a decision. Or maybe your spouse is the one that's getting a little panicky, because, are we going to be ready to retire? Can we afford to retire? We and, hear that a lot. And then the whole, you know, then we get a lot of our, our, our mostly females, you know, and they, they think, well, I don't want to be a bag lady in retirement. Well, you still have a lot of wealth here. So let's get together. Let's talk about your situation. Let's look at all those statements that you accumulate in your file folders And let's sort things out, you know, because people's lives are busy. But that's what we do. That's right. In our practice. We help you sort it out. We help you get the answers and we help you plan for whatever stage that you are in. Right. And this is a great opportunity. If you're listening, write down your questions and call us at Lewis Financial Management. You know, Linda, I like what you just shared because I'm reminded of a few weeks ago, there was a client, a new client in the office and she, this was the wife, she wanted to know, could they retire and we, or could she retire? And we analyzed it and we found out, yes, uh, she had an opportunity. She could make it and everything. And then he, the husband was with her and he had a very interesting question. You may recall, he wanted to know what are the negative aspects of me continuing to work. That's what he said. If you'd like further information, call us at 919-872-7000 or go to our website, DougAndLinda.com. That's DougAndLinda.com. I'd never been asked that question before. And so I went through the numbers and I analyzed their living expenses, analyzed if she retired, which she was going to, and then if he retired then what would their investment portfolio and their pension, et cetera, produce? And we found out, oh, they can still maintain the same lifestyle, 
But that didn't answer his question yet just yet. That didn't tell him the negative aspects. And as I considered, I realized after talking to him a little more, he said one of his goals, if he did retire, was to spend more quality time with his wife. And, you know, a lot of us, as we go through the stages of life, Linda, uh, we've seen couples, clients that have come to us in their 30s, and they're in the stage where they've got young children. And then in the 40s, the kids are getting older. In the 50s, a lot of the kids are now in college College and and so forth. And then they move into the next stage, and now all of a sudden they've got empty homes. They're they're empty empty nesters. nesters. Mm -hmm. And now the question on a lot of them is, well, hello. Uh, uh, who are you? <laughs> no more kids around. What do we do? And I told him, I said, the negative aspect of you continuing to work and not retiring is the fact that you never know how many years are in front of you. Now might be the perfect time to do exactly what you want to do. And that's work on quality time with your wife and do all the things Mm -hmm. and so forth and so on. So as you said, Linda, financial planning is much more than just numbers. It's very much encompassed by all aspects of the client's life. Exactly. And for many of these families who have, especially in the last 10, 15 years, boomerang kids that, you know, mom and dad take care of uh, getting them educated but because they don't can't get a job, they've boomeranged back into their homes. But then finally they get that job. And that I agree with you, Doug, because a lot of our clients and many of our listeners are into that stage. And it's like, are we going to travel or we're going to do this project, you know, of renovation in the house? Or maybe we're going to sail <laughs> mm-hmm. or pick up a new hobby some of them have become pilots That's together right. uh, just whatever it is but uh it's the dream phase of life yes where you now you go to realizing all the dreams that you worked for in the early years of your life if you want to call us during the week to set up an appointment for yourself give me a call at 919-872-7000 and we will get started we'll make a list of the questions that are on your mind Let's pause and take Patrick's question. Patrick, this is Doug Lewis, Certified Financial Planner. Deborah Lewis, Lewis Certified Financial Planner. How can we help you this evening? Well, I'm thinking about retiring and uh, closing a business down. And uh, I'm not sure if I have enough uh, income to actually do that. Have you, uh, have you looked at any... Well, let me ask it this way. Do you know what your expenses are? That's the starting point. Yeah, what, I own... I own Two houses. I own my car. Okay, and and that's that, yeah, that's that's a that's a little different question. That's a question of what your assets are, what you own. But I'm focusing yeah. as a starting point on what's the need. What is it? What do you spend in a year? What do you spend in a month? What do you, what, what what does it take to? I, I don't have any. I, I would say about two thousand. All right, so two thousand a month, or all right, and of course that's your regular monthly expenses. We call those Patrick the R. M-E, recurring monthly expenses. So we always start at this point here. Then we go to what other expenses that are not recurring, like vacations, uh, travel, gifts, clothing. So what might that throw into the equation? Well, I, I included the whole thing in that. No, you're not living on 24000 a year, Patrick, are you? Well, 
Well, you know, I, I really do. I'm not sure. I have a business that I operate. I think a part-time. All right. And I have a, Well, let me, yeah, let, let me then walk you through the proper answer to your question in the way that it should be answered. You need to, and by the way, jot down my phone number at the office, 919. I'm in my car right now. Okay. Remember USA 7000. Okay, that's good. Yeah, USA 7000. Okay. Now, when we begin financial planning, we start with what is the need. So we have to. And when you come into my office for an appointment, we will begin by looking at what are your living expenses. We will help you figure out what they are. And then we work backwards from there. So let's say, indeed, that you have uh, 24000 of recurring monthly expenses and another 20000 uh, of non-recurring expenses. So if that were 40000 then we go to what do you have? Well, of course, you got Social Security. Right. How much? Do you remember how much your Social Security is? Yeah, it's twelve hundred thousand a month. Okay, so that twelve hundred a month—that's fourteen thousand of the of the nut that we're trying to crack. Do you have any pension coming to you? I do. All right. How much is your pension? That's fifty thousand dollars, and that's tax free. All right. So fifty thousand per year. Uh, it's fifty thousand per year, tax free. Okay, so if we have fifty thousand a year, and we have fourteen thousand more, that's sixty-four thousand. So at this point here, before even looking at your investments, we can say yes. It looks like if indeed your expenses are less than that, then the answer would be yes. The whole thing starts with the expenses. Now, tell me a little bit about your investments. What do you have in non-retirement investments? Uh, well, not much. About fifty thousand. Dollars in a brokerage account. All right, $50,000 in a brokerage account. Right. And what else do you have? Well, I have uh, about 200000 in bank accounts, just plain bank accounts. All right, 200000 in a bank account. Right. All right. And those that 250000 that's the total of what you have that's not in retirement accounts. Right. I don't have. I have a pension. It's not a retirement account. It's not an IRA or anything like that. It's a, so, in addition to the pension, there is no IRA or four hundred one k. Right. Okay. All right. Now, you mentioned something about uh, about houses. Did you say something? You've got a couple of uh, rental houses. Well, I have a. Uh, I have one house I live in, and uh, I own that. And I have a one that I'm. Uh, this is a house that I just started renting. How much would, yeah, okay, so we don't, of course, we're not going to touch the home, the residence, because that's that's your residence, but as far as the other house, the rental house, how much would you say that's worth? 150. About 150? Right. And is there, is there any debt on that house? No. Great. Uh, okay, so the question would be, do you want to go ahead and continue to own that house, or do you want to go ahead and get it sold and add it to your investment portfolio to add everything into what you're able to go ahead and support yourself from? Actually, I, I probably, at this time, I'm going to keep the house because I don't think I'm going to get uh, what I expect to get from the sale of the house. Well, the process that... Sell it now... We're getting seven hundred and fifty dollars a month rental, but I can probably only sell it for like one hundred and ten. But it was valued at uh, one fifty by tax appraisers. So then the question is: Well, I forgot to ask you about your wife. 
Are you married? No, I'm single. I live alone. Okay, single and live alone. That's good. All right. Now, if you de- if we're talking about supporting yourself, then the process we go through at Lewis Financial Management is you schedule an appointment to meet with us. We will ask you to send in five things ahead of time, which we call the five keys. Key number one is a list of everything you own and everything you owe. That's assets and liabilities. This is Deborah Lewis, Certified Financial Planner at Lewis Financial Management. Our number at the office is 919-872-7000. Call me at 919-872-7000. Do you probably don't have much in the way of liabilities? Do you owe anything? I don't owe. I don't owe any money. I own everything I have. Very good. So we need a first. First key is list of everything you own. Second key is going to be a copy of your tax return, your last year's tax return. Okay. Third key is going to be expected income from all sources this year. Now you've mentioned the pension and you've mentioned Social Security. What do you? Where? What? What? Where are you working now? What kind of job do you have now? I own a detective agency. Okay, a detective agency. That's interesting. Did you say detect? You said detective, huh? Right. Huh, that's that's really. <laughs> I'm going to enjoy meeting with you. <laughs> now, the the income that you're projecting for this year from the detective agency, you'd want to add that also. So that's the third key. Yeah. That's the third key. Key number one is your assets. Key number two is your tax return. Key number three is your projected income for the year. Key number four are going to be the living, living expenses. And I will send you a form before the meeting to help you fill out what we guess, what you guess your expenses are. Once, right. yeah. And then uh, once you, I have those keys in my office, those five keys, then you'll come to the office. And you'll have questions that you want us to address. We will a- we will answer every question that you have uh, during that appointment, and then from there we can decide, you know, what your next step should be. Should you go ahead and terminate employment? Should you go ahead and put the house up for sale? By the way, the house is only giving you six uh, percent cash flow, right? Well, yeah, I would imagine. Uh, well, when I did your numbers, uh, it only ended up you said seven fifty a month. Ten fifty a month, right? Okay, is pretty low on that house. Okay, so seven. Years. All right, seven fifty times twelve. That's nine thousand dollars. And you said you all think right. the house would only sell for one hundred and fifty. Yeah, if I get lucky. All right. Okay, so if that's the case, then that's only six percent. You may. Right. Yeah, you may say, "Could I do any better?" It's a matter of, or do you enjoy just owning it? It may be a hassle factor, but those things will come out during our meeting. Go ahead, get started. Give us a call during the week at Lewis Financial Management. Make an appointment to sit down face-to-face and discuss your your situation. The number at our office during the week is 919-872-7000. That's Lewis Financial Management, 919-872-7000. And then from there, I'll be able to give you an absolute, yes, you can do it. And then when you do it, you have to move forward, of course, and say, what do you do? Because you've got $250,000 in ca- Well, this $50,000 in the brokerage account. What's that in? Uh, well, I was in money market. Okay. Uh, some of it's, uh, I own a, a stock, one, and some of it's in a mutual fund. It's not much. You know, maybe 20000 You know, I used, to, uh, I used to do that, actually. Uh, I was an investment banker for a while back in New York. <laughs> 
<laughs> Is that right? Uh, You've got an interesting background, Patrick. <laughs> I just lost track of, you know, with so much money in the bank, it's like, what the hell am I doing wrong here? Right. There shouldn't be two hundred dollars in the bank. That's right, because it's not earning anything. It's not doing anything for you. So what we would do is we would also make recommendations about how to design an investment portfolio of $250,000 in such a way that it gives you growth potential, lower risk, and a good income stream. Right. The fourth, um, the fourth uh, source of income is your agency. So how much are you bringing in from that? Roughly. 50000 50, And that's his question. Can he afford to stop it? Okay. Yeah, that's, that's the thing. I mean, it's a, it's a hard decision to make. Well, I will guarantee you that when you finish meeting during our first meeting, you will not have a hard decision any longer. I will help you come all the way down to the exact answer that you're looking for that gives you the comfort that you want. Probably one of the most common questions we get. It definitely is. So the is. level of expertise, um, you're in good hands. This is. It does take a meeting to, to get all this information out in front of you. We compile it and then um, analyze it and then make it useful so that the, so that the reports that you, you leave with are ones that you can uh, use for the meeting while we're together and then also afterwards can look back and, and say, okay, I got Doug's recommendations. I understand what Lewis is telling me, you know, advising us to do, advising you to do. What? How much does this meeting cost? We, we don't like to quote the fee on the air because of uh, some of our competitors listening. I will say that we do charge yeah, by the hour. No, no, I will tell you this much. We charge by the hour. We do not try and pressure you to buy any investments, and we're usually cheaper than most of the people that we compete with. That's that's as far as I should go on the air. But as soon as you call and speak to us on the phone at the office, right. I'll tell you exactly everything. Good. That's great. Thanks. All right, Patrick. Well, I look forward to hearing from you. If tomorrow works, um, that'd be great. 919-872. You understand now. I can't write this down. That's right. Oh, no, no, no. I'm going to repeat it again. Do, do you I am. I am. <laughs> Everybody's saying the same thing. 919-872-7000 or USA-7000. Can you call me back and leave it on my machine? I certainly can. I'll do that right now. If you could... Do that. And I won't pick up. All right. All right sounds great. Good. Leave your number with our uh, producer, and we'll be happy to call. Thanks, Patrick. You're listening to Money Matters with the Lewis family on News Radio 680 WPTF. You know, Linda, I'm remembering our first caller in 1990 when we opened up this program. <laughs> I believe the first caller had the same question Do I have enough to retire? It's yes, a very common indeed. question. It's and scary. Can it I, is scary. Can I pull the plug? Do, I, right. do I have enough saved? And what does enough mean? And and it, what will it cover? And and I need some guidance before I before I make this huge decision in my life. I want some professional opinion, and that's usually where everybody begins. A professional opinion. Do I have enough to retire? If you need help, call me, Deborah Lewis, 919-872-7000. 919-872-7000. Well, Deborah, what's new in the world of bond funds and bond investments? Well, um, Bill Gross, who is probably the uh, most well-known expert in, bond, in bonds, says investors should protect investments, not search for higher returns. 
And I think a lot of this is because he's he's speaking to the fact that when central bankers stop printing money, investors will be left holding an empty bag. Yeah, so he's focusing really on what's happening uh, with interest rates and the Fed. And that's exactly right. Of course, Bill Gross is saying that investors should move to protect their money rather than reaching for higher returns. And he's talking specifically, or not specifically, but generally about taking more risk in the bond arena. And of course, this would be the junk bond funds. But Mr. Gross, he said central bankers have been doing the equivalent of printing money and acting like gamblers who keep doubling their bets to recoup their losses. Yeah, he said, um, you know, he, he, he has used his previous two monthly letters to urge the Federal Reserve to raise interest rates. And his warning is about bond funds. And it's also what we have been saying for eight months or so. That's right. That's right. There is certainly not, in my opinion, a blanket that we will never be recommending bond funds again for our clients' portfolios. Of course not. Of course not. Uh, uh, There will be a time, but right now, uh, we need to realize that there is going to be a serious potential comeuppance in the world of bond funds. Junk bond funds already have been hit and so forth. And so we need to realize how do we reposition? What do we go into as we come out of And this is where the customized financial plan really where the rubber hits the road. Yeah. Now, of course, we all know in the world of investments, there is much more than just stocks and bonds. That's right. There's alternative investments. And one of the most popular one is the real estate investment trust. That's right. The alternatives have gotten a lot of press over the last couple of years uh, and The most popular of the alternatives are called REITs, these real estate investment trusts, these REITs. But there's been a special tax bill that's attacking these REIT spinoffs. You know, the House Republicans are trying to curtail a very popular technique that lets companies spin off their property holdings into real estate investment trusts. And uh, this is a really tricky thing here because... Uh, it's not that REITs are bad; it's that there are some bad REITs. Right. I, uh, you know, and and, and Doug, the, the real incentive to be a REIT is a it's it's a tax benefit to the company. That's right. If a company can be qualified as a real estate investment trust, if it can be qualified as a REIT, then it pays no tax. Right. Compared to another company like IBM that has to pay corporate tax, so what's left over? In profits goes to the investors as dividends, and then the investors, of course, pay tax on those dividends. But here, a REIT avoids that corporate tax, and that means the double doubling up of the taxes by the by the client, by the investor, is gone. He gets twice as much. So take out a pen and paper, write down our number. It's 919-872-7000. Hold on to that pen and paper, and maybe you'll get some ideas of things you should talk about. But there have been spinoffs, and that's what they're attacking here. That's right. REIT spinoffs have become very popular among retailers, restaurant chains, casino companies. They try to unlock value in their holdings and be qualified as a REIT. And, of course, that right away is – it's a lookalike. It's not – in my opinion, it's not a real REIT, and I'm I'm in favor of curtailing uh, this because there's some very high-quality REITs out there, of course – uh, some of the more popular ones that we know, uh, well, as a matter of fact, our radio station, Highwoods, 
that's that's a REIT. Right. Pub- public storage is a REIT. Mm-hmm. A Hilton Hotel. So, you know, there are a lot of names out there that we all know. And then in addition to those REITs, which are trading, there's the non-traded REITs. That's right. But we have to realize that this uh, this matter of, uh, of, of the tax bill targeting REITs, that's very good because you can't just make a blanket statement just like bond funds or stock funds. You've got to have some help professionally, like a certified financial planner like myself, like Deborah, who can help you decide which are the good REITs to have in your portfolios and which are the ones to watch out for. That's right, because as soon as you are in something that you should have watched out for, once its status is taken away, then you no longer are you never you no longer have diversified your portfolio. It, it's it has gone away and so has your your benefit. And it's important, isn't it, to look at uh, what are all the sources of your income and how is that income flowing to you if there's a change then you want to be aware of it. That's so true. Yeah, I have. I like real estate as an investment class. I have always liked real estate as an investment class ever since the eighties, uh, and uh, and and so to me, the class itself uh, is a good class. But that doesn't mean that there aren't some really bad apples in the bunch. And uh, I think that's where we have to be careful. That's right. You're listening to Money Matters with. The Lewises on News Radio 680 WPTF. This is Deborah Lewis of Lewis Financial Management. Call us at 919-872-7000 to speak about your situation and to set up an appointment. 919-872-7000. Dave, this is Doug Lewis, certified financial planner. How can I help you? Yes, I had a question about inheritance. All right. If I'm receiving an inheritance, uh, enough to pay off a mortgage... Uh, and that's the only debt I have left. Would it be wise to use that inheritance to pay off the mortgage and then use the mortgage payments I was uh, planning on paying for use those for uh, children's education? Or is it better to continue to keep the mortgage and use the inheritance? All right. Let's find out some facts. How old are you, Dave? 35. 35. Married or single? Married. Married. And are you employed right now? Yes, I am. All right. What's your What's your income? My income is about 80000 80000 And your wife, is she employed? No, she's not. All right, so family income is at 80. Now, living expenses right now, including the mortgage, how much of your living expenses run, let's say, on a yearly basis, including, um, and include everything you think of, you know, like your travel, your gifts, your lifestyle for the year. Right, I would say probably have maybe $40,000 know, a year in expenses, including the mortgage. Now let's go to your assets before the inheritance. What do, you, what do your investments look like? Probably maybe $10,000 total in mutual funds. All right, so you've, so you've accumulated $10,000. That's your total investment portfolio. Correct, at this time. All right, well, yeah, your expenses must be much, much higher than you think they are because we've, we're, we're missing 25000 a year or 35000 a year that's, that's going somewhere. You see what I'm saying? Right. And I think that's important answering his question about the, reti- about the, okay. the mortgage. Right. Now, all right, now, you received an inheritance. How much is your inheritance? Probably around 130000 All right, so you received $130,000. Right. And... How much is the value of your home? The value of the home is about two hundred. The value of the home is two hundred, and the mortgage, uh, the outstanding, uh, it's about one ten. One hundred and ten. And you want to know? Does it make sense to go ahead and pay off the mortgage? Pay off the mortgage. And have twenty thousand left, and use that and put it in some mutual funds, and then the thousand dollars a month I'm paying for house payment, put some type of investment. Yeah. Together. Well, I think really, if you think about it, you've already answered your own question. 
Dave, you have shown a very poor history of investing when you've had cash on a regular basis because you've just told me that your excess is 35000 a year. You should be able right now, under the information you just gave me real quick, to be investing about 3000 a month. And if it hasn't been happening, I don't have a lot of comfort that it will be happening if you ex- if you end up with an extra thousand a month, which should be four thousand. Right. My advice to you would be to capture the hundred and thirty thousand, get that invested. Okay. That hundred and thirty thousand, even under uh, you know a normal or even maybe a worst case scenario, should be able to produce for you about ninety one hundred a year, about seven hundred and fifty dollars a month income, which you don't need to pay the mortgage. Right. The other thing is, by paying off the mortgage, your taxes are going to go up. Correct. So then you'd be in a worse condition. I think what you need to do is step number one, see a certified financial planner. Okay. Step number two, design an asset allocation with the financial planner for a an investment portfolio that invests the 130000 into unit sizes that uh, I would say maybe – Oh, $15,000 unit size to get about eight investments there. Okay. Work with a living expense sheet with your planner that will go ahead and go over the expenses and get your lifestyle on paper the way you and your wife are comfortable. And then whatever that excess is, if it turns out to be not 3000 a month, let's say it turns out to be 2000 a month. Right. We need to get that money invested at the beginning of every month in what we call a pay yourself first plan okay. and then be living on the excess and build into the arrangement what I do in my practice when I have clients like that that have commissions, we build into the timing for the lumps that are expected to be coming versus the bare base salary that's coming through the year. Correct. And I think that we needs to be done. But by waiting to try and accumulate, I think that's a mistake. I'd capture the lump and get it working. Okay, great. Yeah, and write down your questions, and as Doug said, you know, work with a financial planner. If you'd like any information that we can provide for you, you can call me at the office. Um, and that number in Raleigh is 919-872-7000. 919-872-7000. Right. And thank you for calling, Dave. Thank you. Bye-bye. And good luck. You know, I'm thinking, how old was Dave? Dave was 35. 35 years old. So let's just look at his world just for one further second. If he took 110000 of his 130 to pay off the mortgage, and let's assume his mortgage was, we didn't ask him, let's say it was a 4% interest rate. He'd save 4% charges that he's costing him. But suppose he had taken his 130000 and selected mutual funds who over the last 10 years had averaged, let's say, 7% per year. And he developed a portfolio. If he got another 7% on that, he's taking money to save 4%, away from money that would be 7%, and his 130000 if that's what happened in 20 years when he's only 55, would not be 130000 it'd be over half a million. So he's really depriving himself of a half a million dollars of future uh, capital investment portfolio to go ahead and take care of his needs. People don't think that way. And I think that's where they where when people decide that they need professional advice and they need a certified financial planner. And the reason why people will come to see us or any other certified financial planner is they know they need to think about things differently. That's right. In a way, you've never thought about it before. How do you weigh certain uh, certain options uh, against other options if you don't know what all the options are? Right. So this right. gives you that outlet. What else is new in the world of investment planning? Well, with regard to the yield, right away, I think we come to the topic of what's a REIT. 
Oh, good, because we get this one a lot. What is a REIT? And, and, and they will often say, well, does it belong in my portfolio? Yeah, you know, a REIT is mainly known for yield. That's what REITs are. One major difference between REITs, which are real estate investment trusts, and other funds is a special distribution requirement. And that distribution requirement says that a REIT is required to distribute 90% of its taxable income to the shareholders in the form of dividends. What that means is that after property upkeep and management costs are paid, the real estate investment trust has to pay out at least 90% of the profits. And and that that's a high yield. So REITs are known for their yield. Because of this requirement, many REITs pay very high dividend rates. Yeah, and Doug, Linda, there are three general REIT categories. There are equity REITs, mortgage REITs, and hybrid REITs. That's right. If you think of a REIT as a giant pool of real estate, then you can get a little easier understanding a giant pool of real estate stocks, a giant pool of real estate mortgages, or a giant pool of both as a hybrid. And you can choose many specific niche categories. Now, just many people may not, may not know, but as of August 31st, you know, uh, beginning of third quarter here this year, there were 225 registered REITs. Yeah, a lot of people don't realize how strong is the REIT investment market out there. We've got industrial REITs. We've got office building REITs. We've got regional mall REITs, shopping center REITs. Single-family home REITs, apartment REITs, senior housing REITs, health care REITs, lodging REITs. We've got all kinds we of REITs. student housing REITs. We've got student housing REITs. <laughs> We're aware of those. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and, and knowing the selection that's out there and knowing that they are all designed for high yield or high distribution, there is, uh, as in any category of investments, there are goods and bads. That's right. You have to have the proper due diligence. Uh, all investments come with some level of risk, but investing in REITs can be a great option to diversify your portfolio because REITs can remain profitable even when stocks drop. Right. You know, it's funny because none of these things, uh, independent of of advice or due diligence or exploration deeply into what who's doing the managing, what are they managing in that pool of investments. If you don't know what you're getting into, any of these things can be alone quite too scary to to try and get into. So working with a certified financial planner is going to uh, remove a lot of that uncertainty and a lot of that risk just in regard to other types of investments that are out there. If you hear something tonight that sounds like your situation, Call us. Set up an appointment. We can help you. 919-872-7000. 919-872-7000. There was uh, an interesting article I read about uh, a guy. He said he was in the Atlanta airport, and he said he started talking with a man who was seated across from him, and the guy's wife, who was younger and quieter, said, well, I'm a financial advisor. I help people make good plans for retirement. That's what she said. And then she said that we're going on a Viking cruise, Paris to Normandy, eight days. We do things like this every year. She said the trips are free. They're incentives. I'm one of their top salespeople, so I usually win a trip like this early in the year. Now, this was interesting the way the article was written because the company that she worked for also provided generous commissions it was an insurance company, and as most insurance companies do, they pay generous commissions. And every dime of that money, 
eventually comes out of the savings of the people that they counsel, the ones who are making good plans for retirement. Yeah, this is business as usual in the insurance industry. So let's consider some numbers. According to the Bureau of Labor Statistics, there are about 443,000 people working in insurance as insurance sales agents. And FINRA says that there are about 637,000 stockbrokers. Yeah, so what it all comes down to is saying that there's uh, an army of more than a million people out there calling themselves advisors, like this lady in the Atlanta airport. Uh, But these advisors are primarily motivated by commissions, perks, trips to Italy, sales incentives, and so forth. But there is another group of people. Right. These are the registered investment advisory firms, such as Lewis Financial Management. Those who are ones who are required by the SEC to perform to what's called a fiduciary standard. There are about 11,000 of us. So out of that million who are calling themselves advisors, there's about 11,000 who are required to be looking out for you and for your interest. Now, the trouble is that both the brokerage and the insurance industries have business models that require sticking the consumer with very high costs. Well, it almost feels like, how do you, how do you, what do you do about this situation? And I would say until you meet with a certified financial planner and uh, anyone who you meet with, you need to ask to see their ADV. That's right. And I would say this. Today, there are insurance agents who are certified financial planners. Good point. There are stockbrokers. So just the education of a certified financial planner doesn't tell you yet whether he is or she is required to operate under a fiduciary standard. But there is a way that you can find out. Very good. So if you happen to be uh, working with someone, ask them for this document that is required by the Securities Exchange Commission. It is called the Form ADV. And read it and ask questions of your advisor so that you can be protected as you uh, are on the journey of financial planning. You're listening to Money Matters with the Lewis Family on News Radio 680 WPTF. If you have a question and would like to ask it either after hours or have me call you back after the show, feel free to call the office, 919-872-7000. That's 919-872-7000. Let's take another caller, Doug. This is Doug Lewis. Julie, how can I help you this Hi, evening? Doug. How are you? How are you, Julie? I'm fine. Um, I am a financial novice. I have no idea, really about investments and that sort of thing. I do have a 401k plan through work, and mm-hmm. I do have some stock options through work that I've just recently begun purchasing. Um, you purchasing options? Well, maybe I'm not saying the right thing, but I'm buying stock through work. Oh, you're on a stock purchase plan. Oh, okay. 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 An option is the right to buy stock, but you're actually buying the stock probably at a discount. Probably so. We have a small home that we would like to eventually turn over and, and buy a better home. And also, we're, we've got two young boys that within the next 10 years will be going to college. And I'd like to, to do something about building up our financial base so that we can do some of the things that we want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think what we need is somebody to sit down with with some no-nonsense ideas that, that can maybe set us straight. Mm-hmm. 
Um, does your company offer that sort of advice or? Yeah, that's what we do for a living. As a matter of fact, that's uh, we're, we're financial planners and we sit down and we take a look at your income mm-hmm. and we look at your assets. That means everything you own. And we look at your liabilities. That's everything you owe. What else do we do, Linda? Uh, we look at the tax returns, mm-hmm. federal and state, the most current ones that you have. Right. And then the last thing is uh, your living expenses. That's the most important one. And then we lo- then we try and figure out what are your goals. Mm-hmm. For example, you mentioned education, two boys. Right. That's the college education plan. Right. And we got to find out. How- By the way, how old are the kids? Um, they're eight and ten. You have an eight and a ten. So you have basically eight years on one and ten years on the other. Right. And then we also have to go ahead and look at your retirement. We look at uh, fi- what we call financial independence. And in both of those cases, we target a future dollar figure. In mm-hmm. other words, we have to find out how much will you need to pay for the college education. And then we back into the next step of how much you need to set aside on a regular monthly basis now to make sure that you have enough to reach that point then. Mm-hmm. Same thing with retirement. And then sometimes we'll take a look at the expenses and find out if, in other words, if you don't have enough to reach those goals, then we have to find out where you need to cut back because it's a matter of just making your decisions how to get to the right place that you want to get to. Right. Doug, isn't an emergency fund an important thing at the beginning? Before we do the asset allocation model, we have to establish an emergency fund. Okay. So if your question, uh, Julie, is what does a financial planner and a financial planning firm do? then that's exactly what they do. They identify your needs and your goals. They analyze. It's a six-step process, actually, uh-huh. but they analyze where you're at now, what you have, how much it will take to get where you want to go, and will you make it, and then makes recommendations how to go ahead and get there, what to do, and so forth. And that process is usually a non-sales. It should be a non-sales process. It should be a process which is designed towards the advice. I see. Julie, I can send you a packet of information if you'd like to call the office uh, during the week. And our number is 8727000, here in Raleigh. And I'll, I'll be happy to send you a sort of an introductory packet that gives you some information that I think you would find very helpful and interesting to read mm-hmm. as far as establishing some goals and, and getting some direction. All right. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate the time. Thank you for calling, Julie. All righty. Bye-bye. Bye-bye now. You know, Linda, the world of retirement planning is a broad topic, and some investors concentrate on their retirement nest egg number. You know, what what number do I need? What's my magic number? And when they focus on that, sometimes they end up feeling like that's just unattainable. So I thought I would bring up some things that instead are a more constructive focus on the dollar amount uh, that you can afford to save each year versus is what the retirement number is. It's really true. A lot of folks focus on that magical nest egg number, a six or a seven figure magic number that seems unattainable. But instead, people who are using online retirement calculators try to estimate how much they're going to need to retire. But the big numbers that they generate can tempt some of them to just throw in the towel. Give up. Not even do anything. And how bad is that? That's the worst move is to be, um, I guess, immobilized by just the, the, the fear of trying to ever reach that goal. And each person needs to realize that they are more than a number because each situation is unique. 
and retirement saving isn't a one-size-fits-all proposition. Everybody's income varies widely, and family situations differ. Lifestyle choices also make a difference, such as what is the cost of living in the area where you live or where you intend to retire, and what's your decision about working during retirement and whether or not you should downsize your home. Yeah, your current health, post-retirement health insurance, as well as your life expectancy, all of these factor into your retirement planning. The availability of retirement saving vehicles and their features also play a big role. For example, some firms offer a traditional employer-funded pension. Not many of those left, but some do. Some offer a 401k, and others offer a 403b. Now, the benefit of those types of plans when it's available is the match. If you are able to match, be matched by your employer up to a certain limit, then you're fortunate to have this extra money that would be free money you'd be throwing away if you didn't capture it. So all of these elements should be considered when it comes to retirement planning. Well, Deborah, there's some ideas that can help our listeners get past those big numbers and put them on track to saving as much as you possi- possibly can. And the first big, uh, the first issue is tackle the big question. How much should I save? For some folks, it's a tricky question. But the simple answer is save as much as you can afford to save. Right. It sounds oversimplistic, but it really is. Once you get rid of the amount of money that you need to cover your monthly living expenses, everything left over can be saved. One rule of thumb is that you should set aside at least 10 to 15 percent of your income each year. How we like to approach it at Lewis Financial Management is once you've made your money, once you have made enough money to cover the living expenses or you have enough money that has come in to cover the living expenses, Everything that's left over can be applied towards a monthly, quote unquote, pay yourself first plan, a way to really tackle that question of how much can I afford to save? Well, as much as let's left over. If something has popped in your head tonight, give me a call during the week. My number is 919-872-7000. That's 919-872-7000. And uh, as you said earlier, with some folks, their employer offers a match. Well, if they do offer a match, then you'll want to take full advantage and contribute enough to get the maximum match. But if you don't, you'll be passing up free money. For example, if your firm offers a 50 cent match for every dollar that you you contribute up to the first 6% of your contributions, then you'll want to put at least 6% into your plan. And we usually say stop there, um, and, and each person's situation is different. But yeah, you want you don't want to leave that free money on the table. Another part of the whole investment portfolio, though, is what's outside the retirement accounts. So you need to increase your investments that are outside retirement accounts. Periodically reassess your ability to contribute to, and can to contribute more to these accounts that are outside retirement plans. A painless way to increase your savings and investing is to link them to your pay raises. So think of it like this. When you receive a raise, earmark a portion towards your investment plan. You boost your investments without making a dent in your wallet. And it's a real nice way to put your pay raise to work for you. Another point to consider is the fact that your contributions come out of your paycheck on a pre-tax basis. 
unless, of course, you're in a Roth IRA. Now, Deborah, what other idea is control what you can control? What are your thoughts on that, Linda? Well, you can't control the movements of the financial markets, as we've seen this very week, but there are many elements in life that one can control. And the first step is making the decision to invest early in life. So if you're a listener and you've just graduated from college or you've just started you know, your new job in the last five years, start now. Start early. Start a pay-yourself-first plan. Call us at Lewis Financial Management. We can set up an appointment and uh, have you, you know, And help you set that up. That's right. Exactly. Yeah, when investing over the course of years and decades, the power of time can be significant. Even if you're in your 50s, you still have a decade or more of working and investing years ahead of you. So... Another thing to always consider is you'll need a professional, someone to help you, someone to advise you. And that's what a certified financial planner can do. If you don't have a certified financial planner to work with, if you haven't met with a certified financial planner, call me, Deborah Lewis at Lewis Financial Management, 919-872-7000. It might be the most important call that you make this year. 919-872-7000. What's new in the world of estate planning well, you and know, tax planning? Yeah, last week, Linda, right at the end of the show, we touched on something that I'd like to come back to. It's this matter of the possibility of there being an income tax time bomb inside of clients' estate plans. And I think this is something not many people are aware of because as the federal estate tax exemption has ballooned, then the need for estate tax planning has drastically decreased. So uh, this is changing the world of what happens in these estate plans. Now, in those estate plans that we actually did and still do for some of our clients, we have what's called the AB Trust. Okay. The AB Trust, of course, is more commonly known as a credit shelter trust That's right. and a marital trust, or as we do it in our office, it's a credit shelter trust and the part to the wife or the spouse, the marital portion. Now, this credit shelter trust is where when the first spouse dies, their estate plan provides that an amount equal to the federal estate tax exemption will go into that family trust or that credit shelter trust. All right. The assets that go into that trust receive a stepped-up tax basis as of Joe's date of death. All right, now, here's the kicker. When Mary later dies, any property remaining in her portion will be included in her estate and receive what's called a stepped-up basis as of her date of death. Right. And And therefore, go ahead. it will be free of any estate taxes and also any capital gains taxes. Right, right. Because it got this stepped-up basis. However, any of Joe's property remaining in that credit shelter trust keeps the basis as of Joe's death. And if it has grown to, let's say, be from $5.4 million to $15 million, it goes to his kids free of all estate taxes but could have a $10 million capital gain <laughs> and face $4 million of capital gains taxes. That's right. So what do you do? <laughs> well, you've got several options to choose from. I'm assuming that many of our listeners have these trusts. They've got AB Trust, AB Trust or Family Trust or Credit, Credit Shelter, Shelter Trust. Trust. Okay. 
undoing the AB trust plan and instead leaving everything outright to your spouse will result in a stepped up basis for the entire estate. And what this means is that the children, let's say, pay zero tax when they sell anything they inherit. Hmm. And let's say, because everything got this stepped up tax basis. Right. So for many clients whose estates are not taxable, the AB trust planning is going to cost more harm than good. Right, right. This is Deborah Lewis, certified financial planner at Lewis Financial Management. Our number at the office is 919-872-7000. Call me at 919-872-7000. Let's say a couple has been married for 50 years and they want to leave their estate to their children and they're not particularly worried about their surviving spouse remarrying then the trust plan, that AB trust plan, that family trust, is going to have detrimental effects. The assets that remain in that trust when the surviving spouse dies will not receive this stepped-up basis. Yeah, investment management with this basis in mind is really the key here. Because the benefit of the step-up is greatest when the assets had a chance to develop large embedded capital gains, the practical problem this presents, well, this translates into an investment management approach. And that's really what you have to realize is that, just like you were saying earlier, Linda, everything is intertwined. An estate situation immediately becomes an investment situation. And you have to think about things from lots of different angles. What we do right now is we're designing new estate plans for clients that may need that credit shelter trust. We now put in their disclaimer language for disclaimer trust so you can get the best of both worlds. And for clients that have old credit shelter trusts that don't need them, it's very easy to unwind them. So really, whatever your situation is, if you need qualified estate planning as well as total financial planning, as well as tax planning and investment planning, then we would be happy to help you. That's what we do at Lewis Financial Management. That's what we've been doing for over 32 years now. And this is what we're all about. We are the Lewis family. And it's funny, you know, when you think about all of the stories uh, that have been told in our office and all of the tax laws that have changed and have affected all of those stories, because everyone's life is affected by the estate, the tax, the cash flow, the retirement, the investments, all of these worlds. And it's it's your set of questions that's going to help you solve your set of answers. I think next week we might talk about how to take care of aging parents. But right now, I hear the music. We want to say good night. Thank you for listening tonight. And remember, your money matters because your financial future is at stake. You've been listening to Money Matters with Doug, Linda, and Deborah Lewis. Money Matters provides you with a personal financial hotline on any subject where money really matters. For more information, you can call Doug, Linda, or Deborah in Raleigh at 919-872-7000. That's USA 7000. Listen again next Saturday and Sunday at 5 p.m. for Money Matters with the Lewises on 680 WPTF.